0: Welcome to the Flex Success Podcast, where we teach you how to be less
1: shit. Covering all things science, relating to nutrition, training, recovery, and more.
0: Who knows, We might even sprinkle in a dick joke or two.
1: (laughs) All right. Welcome back, everybody, to
0: the Flex Success Podcast.
1: We're here to teach you how to be less shit on a topic today, which we'll talk about in a second. I'm joined by co-host Lizzie, as always.
0: Hello, everyone.
1: Hello, everyone. (laughs) And today we're joined by Lucas, who doesn't have a last name. Uh, No, he does. He does. I'm just not willing to try and butcher it. (laughs) Lucas from Ergogenic Health, mate. How are you? Well, my thanks, Dean. Happy to be here. (laughs) I must say, I love your business name. I like both your business names. One's Boost Your Biology and one's Ergogenic Health. And I'm like, God damn it, I like both of those. What
0: is it that you like about them, Dean?
1: Well, Ergogenic is performance enhancing. Mm -hmm. I always like that word. Mm -hmm. And it's performance enhancing to health. That's cool. Mm -hmm. And Boost Your Biology has just got a bit of a, you know.
0: Maybe Lucas can help us.
1: Although the the acronym is BIB.
0: I, okay, I don't hate it. for a while, Lucas. I've not loved the name Flex Success, um, and I've always rallied to think of something better. But everybody else on the Flex Success team seems to love it, and I can't think of anything better. So maybe we'll have to employ your services.
2: Ooh. Yeah, that okay. sounds good. Um, <laughs> the uh, the ergogenic, the ergogenic words like, um, I was obsessed with it at the age of like 15 or 16. I, I came across it, I'm like. Damn, that's such a cool word. <laughs> yeah, I really used to always write like ergogenic aids in
1: whenever I'd write articles about supplements. Aids. Yeah, like it just worked, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: So I remember when I, ran, I was like, damn, that's a good name. I could have used that. But, yeah, I, I don't love flex excess, but I don't know anything better.
0: I really like the word alchemy. Yeah. An alchemist, like making something out of nothing. Yeah, mm. but, but anyways, on to more important topics, <laughs> Lucas. Um, for people who don't know who you are, I might hand it over to you to tell them who you are, what you do and why you do it.
2: Sure, yeah. Um, So I'm a naturopath from Melbourne, um, but previously studied exercise science and yeah, really just came about, you know, starting my Instagram profile, um, Ergogenic underscore health, where I just really started out with just posting really useful health content, um, sort of niche topics, things sort of underground that not many people talk about. Um, I've always you know, pride of myself on being able to discover new and novel stuff because I'm just sick of seeing mainstream things. So yeah, really the business sort of came about with um, just a pure passion and interest in um, how we can optimize the human body, both mentally and physically. And yeah, I've got, I sort of come from a, a soccer background I I was we sort of discussing um, Budapest before actually That was the sort of first country I went to um, actually play overseas representing uh, Melbourne in Budapest under 17. So, yeah, my journey has been thrilling so far. I've met so many cool people. um, And, yeah, it's just been a wild ride.
0: Hey, just like Dean from a serious soccer player to a serious nerd.
2: It's true. I mean that in the
0: best possible way. Nerd is absolutely a compliment. (laughs) I don't know
1: if I could classify myself as a nerd, though. Really? I think you're a nerd. Only because I'm a meathead. You can be both. Yeah.
0: Best possible combination. Maybe I need to get some glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Just, man,
1: I remember listening to a podcast a while back. some. This is before glasses became normal. Like yeah. They're pretty common now, right? It was someone like a Jordan Shallow or something like that. It mm-hmm. wasn't him, but it was someone of that kind of um, stature. And he went and bought glasses with no prescription in them to give off the illusion that he was smarter because he realised that people would listen to him more. Luke Tulloch
0: told us that he wears glasses in the gym so that he looks more approachable. Yeah, right. That's, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Anyways, um, That is interesting. Now, what got you into, because you said you're a naturopath, why did you choose that path?
2: Uh, Well, that really stemmed from um, getting involved in a startup really at a really young age. I was actually involved in a nootropic startup, um, which is like for those listening in, who don't know what nootropics are. They're just um, any compound, natural or synthetic that can improve brain function. And so I sort of got involved in um, the startup here in Melbourne. I helped to formulate one of their products and, from there, I just spent so much time researching ingredients and, and herbal extracts and things like that, and then realized that most of the stuff that I was doing was literally what a naturopath would do, um, and then just yeah, sort of transitioned over there and just fell in love with uh, the naturopathic way of like viewing the body.
0: Mm, interesting. Now, for those that have no idea about nootropics, you gave a brief intro into what it is. Maybe you can unpack it a bit more for people, um, like who uses them, in what context. Give us the download.
2: Yeah, sure. So nootropics really, it's, like a, it's, a, it's a term used to describe a range of compounds that can either improve cognition, improve any ale- element of um, cognitive function, say alertness, concentration, focus, memory, things like that. Um, And I think the word really started, that was like a really big buzzword around the time that the movie Limitless was um, released. So both of you both seen that movie. Um, And yeah, if you actually have a look at the Google analytics, you'll see that the word nootropics was searched like 10x times from 2011, um, which is pretty fascinating. But really that, that term is all encompassing. So like a, a standard nootropic that most people would be familiar with, with is something known as um, L-theanine from uh, green tea, which I'm sure both of you have had experience with. Um, and so really just from there, like in terms of who uses nootropics, it's, it's very um, broad spectrum. I guess those that are looking to combat stress, um, high-stress you know, high jobs, executives, pilots... Um, military personnel, um, bodybuilders, athletes—like it's quite broad and far-reaching. Hmm.
0: Oh. Do you find that some people use nootropics to mask the symptoms of poor sleep and poor nutrition?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. There's. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's that's one of the. I, I guess it can be a benefit at the same time. A lot of these nootropics can offset the deleterious effects of sleep deprivation. So in in a sense it can be beneficial, but again, like when I'm trying to educate people about nootropics, I'm always stressing the naturopathic uh, philosophies, which is like optimize sleep, diet, um, training, stress first, and then nootropics are sort of like the icing on the cake. Hmm.
0: It would like it would be like someone starting at the gym not having a solid foundation, but going straight to steroids. <laughs>
1: yeah, or well, I think I think like the nootropic in an instance would be like the painkiller in somebody who's got an injury, you know. Mm. like in that like you can take the painkiller which would mask the, the 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 injury telling you giving you feedback of pain the injury still exists just like the the sleep deprivation does and there's mm. obviously got to be a point where you probably bottleneck and even the nootropics become less effective or you require more or whatever it may be i guess
2: mm. yeah and, and what you'll also find is um a lot of these nootropics actually have crossover effects and some of them actually do Um, promote deep sleep and influence REM sleep because they're acting on this sort of the same pathways so there are certain nootropics that people like to lean towards that are that they'll use in the afternoon or evening to improve cognition the following day but then also support sleep that night as well so there's there's a range of things we can really tap into
0: Hmm. i'm interested to know about um tolerance and reliance and and uh,
2: nootropics. Yeah, it's a it's a good really good point because um a lot of the, most nootropics do develop some degree of tolerance um, and or habituation. However, lately I've been sort of diving into um, compounds that have sort of reverse tolerance, which is like it's it's a, it's a Dean would know a fair bit about it, but it's sort of like over time, the more you use the compound, the stronger the effects, meaning you need less of that given dosage to elicit uh, an improvement in cognition so that's been really cool diving into some con- even ashwagandha recently i found out that some of those um uh, with found within ashwagandha seem to have reverse tolerance on that GABA-A receptor which is fairly new research but it's it's really cool mm. Mm. so we're talking about a heightened response with extended exposure mm. yeah which is again that's like one of the biggest drawbacks associated with like something like caffeine, we know it's awesome on day one, day two, day three. And then, you know, eventually you build tolerance and need to bump up the dose. And then you're going to be bumping up blood pressure and sympathetic tone and things like that. So, um, this is where I think that whole influencing sort of, um, you know, other aspects of the pharma- pharmacological effects of compounds is, is really cool. Oh, So would
1: it be fair to say that there's perhaps like varying classes of nootropics and something would be like say stimulant dominant versus mood dominant, or like maybe dopaminergic versus something else?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. There's different, um, different categories. And I guess one way to look at it would be um, to start at the very top. So let's say the the primary goal is um, memory, or let's say the primary goal is focus then the way I look at it is, okay, what are the key neurotransmitters that, you know, mediate that pathway or um, improve and strengthen that pathway? And then basically just collating a list of um, ingredients and then working within their given respective dosages and then sort of, you know, tailoring a bit of a protocol like I did like what I did with yourself, Dean, is like customizing a bit of a, a plan to target that pathway, which is um, that's where I think the future really lies is... Um, less so with given pre-made stacks, but more with people having the understanding on how to use the compounds and then using them to their advantage based on their individual neurochemistry sort of thing.
1: Yeah, because there's got to be inter-individual variability in regards to the response of these two things, I would imagine. Like like anything that's pharmacologically orientated. Mm. You know, like I, I someone can take caffeine and go to sleep, another person could take caffeine and not sleep for, te- for, for 24 hours. You know?
0: It sounds like a very similar approach to how we approach nutrition with clients. It's not like, here's this one diet that worked for someone else to do this. It's like, let me teach you the principles. And once you understand how this kind of works, Mm. you can then figure out what's appropriate for you and how that changes over time.
2: Yeah, I like that. I really like that principle of um, empowering the, the client so that they understand what to do, even though it's a little bit difficult for some people to understand the basics, like you try and. Break it down very simply, but I think, yeah, that premise of giving them sort of like what they need to then take control of their health in a sense is the best because, I mean, no one knows their body better than themselves in a sense. Like I know it's good to outsource, get a coach and things like that, but that internal feedback, I think that really comes from the patient, the client themselves.
0: But I think that's an important part of coaching because at least at Flex Success, we have like a, we we like to view coaching as a partnership. It's not this hierarchical system where like I'm the master and you must follow the plan. We like for the client to have input, to tell us how they're feeling, to tell us how this is working for them. And then mm. from there we can make adjustments. So kind of having that client feedback where the client like understands their body and can actually communicate that to you would be mm. really important.
1: Mm. It also yeah, it tells you a lot about the client when they're not willing or not able. So like we have a, a question and I have a question in my contest for one and it's like um. One of them is, uh, do you feel like you're in need of a deload? And another one is, like, do you feel like you're in a need with a, of, of a diet break or high days or multiple high days of carbohydrates? And a lot of the, like, sort of uh, really in tune, high-quality clients will just be like, whatever you think, boss. I'm <laughs> like, but I'm not asked, I'm, like, I'm genuinely interested, you know? like,
2: do you I don't, I'm you not going to
1: give you one if you just ask for one, <clears throat> but I'm interested to know what your internal feedback tells you, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of that process is... Um, somehow like you know over the years with my own experimentation with um various compounds because we're looking at i mean i can't even keep track of how many things i've dabbled with and i really love the 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 whole idea of like you, you you can read something in a study but then to actually try it and understand it through experimentation that's when you get the best feedback because it's a real application and um and sometimes you know sometimes you read things in studies and it doesn't translate to how you feel, how you respond. And I'm sure you've seen that with, you know, PEDs and things like that. Oh.
0: Actually was like a week ago, Dean and I micro-dosed mushrooms. Am I allowed to say that? You, <gasps> you told you, people. Oh, no. you, you're not yeah, no, worried
1: about did. it? Yeah, okay. no, we took I took 500 milligrams of dried mushrooms and Liz did, uh, I think I gave it 300. I did the
0: relative dose to our body weight. Yeah. 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 And um, I was expecting that I would have like, I don't know, all these cognitive benefits, but I just felt, a bit I don't know a bit dazed for about an hour and that was it <laughs> I didn't feel more creative I didn't feel <laughs> like sharper just yeah I don't know maybe the dose wasn't high enough
1: I'm smirking because what I'm going to say is I noticed that her mood was elevated what do you mean she's just a little bit more bouncing the step you know a little bit more uh, a few more smiles throughout the day you're, you're a happy person anyway I'm not saying that you're down but she was definitely elevated No No, question.
0: I didn't feel that. But
1: then I also, I felt elevated. So maybe I was just perceiving her elevation as my my own. (laughs) Um, But that was actually an interesting experience. I would actually, so um, my coach.
0: I didn't want, sorry, I didn't want to microdose. So I just want to get high as fuck and hallucinate. (laughs) But I started with the microdose. Okay, go.
1: And um, my (laughs) coach, Joe, has used mushrooms before for training and for, for work. And he said, like, what I find with them is that I'm creative, I'm effective, you know, I'm cognitively sharp, but, I don't get the stimulant of modafinil mm. and that makes him feel shit the day after, you know, I, when we originally spoke, I'm like, I feel always a little bit drained the day after modafinil.
0: It gives and me anxiety.
1: You explained to me about like how, you know, like you're going to leach some choline and that's going to cause some downstream effects and all that. I believe you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, mm. And yeah. And then I took them at that and I would say it was fairly similar to a modafinil type brain function esque feeling, but with no stim whatsoever. And it felt normal. And then it disappeared four to six hours
2: later on. And mm. off I went back to normal life. Mm. Did you get the typical like being able to connect the dots easier with it or was too hard to to determine? I was just
1: on a standard Friday uh, check-in day. So now my Friday clients will know that I was high. No, no, I I wasn't. Um, And I know I would just say like I would just my general things that I was elevated and yeah, I was on like, you know, trying to like assess numbers and pitches and subjective and objective feedback. I'm like, I know exactly where I'm at. This is where I want to go with that. This is good. And uh, typically when I'm working, I'm very much like put the blinkers on, Liz, don't talk to me, whereas I'm more receptive to somebody interrupting my day when I use something like that or even a Daphne. I'm I feel, somebody. I feel like I can handle more things at once as opposed to just being, you know, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I wish I felt that way, Dean. I just sat on my chair for a minute and looked around the room like, ooh, and then got back to work.
2: With the, um, with the check-ins, it would have been funny if... Um... If the 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 mushroom actually made you predict what they were going to say, so like you already start filling out their check-in form. Yeah, I, I used to do the shit. I used to do something similar um, back at uni. Um, at, at, after we would do the uh, like, uh, um, we'd treat a, uh, a client. We have to re- reflect and review how we think we went. And I was such a little like I used to want to get shit done so quick, and so I used to actually do the reflective log before. The patient would come in like to reflect on how how I think I would have gone sort of thing just to save time so I could research nootropics. And
0: how accurately do you think you predicted?
2: Yeah I was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> actually one time I actually recall um with the reflective log I actually plagiarized my own reflection. Like I got in trouble for reflecting on my reflection. <laughs> It was, yeah, it was pretty funny back in the day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can you plagiarize yourself? See, because Flex Success wrote a book called Life After Dieting and I wanted to use a section of it in the second Flex Success book. And I I didn't know, like, legally am I allowed to use this section even though it's a flex? So anyways, I ended up saying this is a section from chapter one <laughs> of our previous book.
1: Can I talk about what I own?
0: Yeah, like, I don't know what the legalities are. I mean, I'm not going to sue myself, am I?
1: Well, that's it. You're accountable to yourself.
0: But still, it d- just felt wrong. <laughs>
1: uh, that's too good. So, mate, let's, um, you know, everybody, although it's not possible, because like you said before, there's individual, inter-individual variability with all of this stuff.
0: That's a big word.
1: Let's, uh, like, if someone's sort of looking for, yeah, heightened cognition in that they're trying to get more work done more frequently, what sort of, I suppose, class of eutropics are they looking at versus someone who's looking for elevated mood in a social situation or something like that?
2: yeah so when we're looking at like sustained attention things to sort of like hone in and focus where you don't want anyone interrupting you know you're locked in <laughs> um which again like there's pros and cons to that state i mean i've i've been in that state as well dean where i'm like if people just try and interrupt him like get out of my way like i am just like i'm so focused in um so that sort of pathway that seems to be really heavily mediated through the dopaminergic and also the norepinephrine and orexin and histamine sort of pathway, so usually in that sort of state, what we want to do is suppress um, GABA activity, which is the inhibitory calming neurotransmitter, and instead opt for compounds that can really strengthen and mediate the um, you know the dopaminergic pathway. Um, so good compounds to look at here would be. Even looking at some of the substrates to actually create dopamine, so looking at um, phenylalanine or tyrosine as a precursor, and then you know ramping up that uh, tyrosine hydroxylase enzyme with something like bromantane, um, shifting that focus towards the dopamine pathway, and then basically just um, we can also sometimes sort of add in you know a caffeine source or uh, a stimulant to sort of potentiate the um, the effects as well. Mm, that sounds like a good stuff. It
0: does. Sound like I know it is
1: because I used it this morning. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. There you go. Caffeine,
1: bromantane,
2: tyrosine.
0: And what about for mood enhancers?
2: Uh, so, like, when it comes to yeah, mood optimization, um, there's a lot of discussion around like serotonin. Um, you know, increasing serotonin. This is like pretty. This is pretty debatable because um, a lot of people actually tend to have higher levels of serotonin. Um, this is not, it's not very well studied, but it's based on the way that people live and the sort of pe- sort of symptoms that people complain about nowadays. You know, people are complaining that they have low motivation. Um, you know, they got, uh, they procrastinate, they can't actually take action. And a lot of those, those um, symptoms are associated with excessive um, serotonin, which can actually dampen and sort of blunts the, dopamine's um dopamine's effects in the brain as well mm, you go. Mm. maybe
0: yeah. <laughs> huh? nothing i was going to make a comment about you being moody and needing to take some but <laughs> uh, <that's laughs>
1: is that no. true no okay I, perso- get, i'll get moody. <laughs>
0: yeah that's all really interesting so you mentioned that i'm not that... even
1: female how is that
0: possible oh, fuck off dean
1: oh now we're talking Cruising about for a
0: bruising my dear <laughs> so you mentioned there's like uh, a lot that's unknown if there was something within like Within mood enhancers that you would want to know about nootropics, what might that be?
2: Um, so I think the critical point here would be to actually have a look at the um, a lot of the cofactors and not so much addressing direct um, precursors or, or nootropics to strengthen serotonin, but instead to look at the methylation pathway, to look at um, nutrient deficiencies like simple ones like vitamin B one, B six, B nine, B twelve like a lot of these can influence um, total or net, sero- uh, net serotonin production. So I think one aspect there would be to get the patient to, you know, un- take a look at their diet if they've got, you know, any nutrient deficiencies. And sometimes what you'll find is like just by simply addressing um, folic acid or a folate deficiency, if they've got that um, MTHFR, polymorphism then simply correcting that can act as a nootropic in a sense because you're stemming the bleeding so to speak or like we talked about at
1: the beginning we're taking away the sleep deprivation aspect of why they may be tired or have dampened mood by fixing the cause as opposed to just trying to
0: treat the symptom yeah Yeah. or
1: or obliterate it with something new
0: yeah Mm. yeah i think people don't value a balanced diet enough (laughs) And they think that perhaps the solution to whatever symptoms is like some fancy supplement or something like that. But typically, drink more water, sleep a little bit more, have a more balanced diet. And
1: you- it's so much easier just to take a pill. You <laughs>
0: it's, know, it's that red yeah. pill
1: mentality, right?
0: Yeah. You know,
1: like I even are like, fuck, I'm tired. I wish I could just take something to fix this. You know, like it'd be nice, but I
2: know it's not true. So.
0: maybe watch a bit less Netflix. Yeah.
2: I think time and time. will chill. Time. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, sort of time and place like if you've got a if you have to be on point like let's say it's check-in day and you've had a shit night's sleep like you're not gonna let that get in the way and just be like and surrender to it like you want to actually fight back and bring yourself back up to baseline even though you know you shouldn't be in that state i think it's i, I think that's where they can be powerful a powerful intervention mm-hmm. Now,
1: what are some of the key, I suppose, like contraindications that people would have to think about if they're using nootropic stacks, like things that they can get it wrong if it's too frequent or use or whatever it may be?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, So I guess one of the biggest things that I see, one of the biggest mistakes I see when people dabble with nootropics and I've made the mistake millions of times myself, is like getting too carried away with testing or experimenting with too many different compounds at once. Um, it's sort of like that it's that principle of you know um, more is better so you think that like just by you know adding in another compound that sort of addresses you think might be addressing one pathway but then actually what you'll find is that a lot of these nootropics actually target so many different pathways in the brain so it's really hard to to truly gauge um, the effects so i think the biggest mistake i see is like people getting you know super carried away Wanting to experiment with like maybe two to three at a time, first up, without first understanding their um, individual response to that given compound, uh, if that makes sense.
1: Would you then go for a layering effect or like a more of an intermittent effect? So, like what I mean by that would be let's just say you try bromantane for the first week, but you also want to try bromantane with tyrosine. Would you layer and go bromantane for a week, then add tyrosine on top, or would you be more inclined to go do bromantane, then do tyrosine, then do both?
2: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, in that situation, either or, to be honest, because yeah, if you're if you're starting with one and then adding another one, like a new compound, then you're effectively gauging because that's your your outcome is you want to um, see this the synergism between the two. I think either way, as long you, as long as you've Spent time with the compound alone. I, I call it. If you're a if you're a virgin to the compound, um, then you know get get it get some experience first, and then um, then you can sort of pol- polyamory with them. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say so not multiple not have, multiple partners on day one.
0: Have a threesome. With wouldn't them. that be wouldn't
1: that be an experience?
0: I think my brother lost his virginity to a threesome just quietly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two these two girls. <laughs> I, think, I don't think my brother's gay.
1: Two girls. <laughs> I wasn't saying you was sleeping with the guy.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> funny you assume. I assume if, if a guy says he hit a threesome, I'm assuming it's two dudes.
0: Isn't this funny where this conversation went?
1: holy mm. Emma.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Are there um, two compounds that you're thinking of trying together, Dean? Is that why you were asking? Were you just interested?
1: No, I was more so interested in that, yeah, whether you would layer. Like, I think in the past I've tried, like, a couple of things on their own in isolation, and then I've tried some layering just to see, like you said, if there's synergy, and then, you know, a triple layer and then a quadruple layer. Um, and so try and determine is. whether or not there's any difference to two versus three versus four. But I think the important thing, like you mentioned before, is like you need to kind of understand mechanistically what you're manipulating. Otherwise, you might just be adding things that are either
2: competing or, you know, or, then, even, or even overlapping as well. Like it's yeah. just they're both, they're both like sort of duplicating, they're doing the same, serving the same function. Mm. And hence one would become redundant. And that's what I see like with stacks that I see, I'm always critiquing stacks that come out. Like I'm just, I love to pick them apart because I can just be like, yep, they're okay. under, underdosed, overdosed, you know, not complementary, not synergistic, like, yeah. That was going to be my follow-up question. Is, that, is there what's what out of the
1: common trends do you currently see have mistakes? It's like you're, you're going to see fairly like there's probably like five or six compounds that are consistently in pre-workouts and all the rest of them. Uh, are there any there that people could look at and go, if I see these two together, they're, they're cancelling each other out or they're um, ones redundant or whatever it may be?
2: Yeah, I think um, probably the most common thing would be uh, when people add in like two to three choline sources in a in a stack. And the reason I say that is because, yes, they both sort of serve the same function to actually build acetylcholine, but there's a there's a bloody good chance they're also pro- probably eating eggs for breakfast as well. So they've got eggs for breakfast or and then they've got two other choline sources in the pre-workout um or stack and then it's basically just what happens is they actually end up quickly um becoming choline dominant and then what happens with that is because cdp choline has a stupidly long half-life i think it's like i think it's a few days i think it's actually a few days so it actually starts to build up and um saturate and a lot of people think they get you know they get that good response from choline on day one and by day three day four they're like they feel back down or they sort of feel flat and really that comes back to just excessive um acetylcholine signaling Mm. what would be some of the compounds for people to look at for that double
1: stacking of choline so you mentioned one cdp choline
2: yep cdp choline then we've got alpha gpc and then we've got choline bitartrate um dmae centrophenoxine and or uh, uridine monophosphate Mm. it's quite a few quite a
0: few Mm. What do you think uh, are some things that people, like some take-home points or some things things people should know if they wanted to dabble in nootropics, maybe things to look out for, things to consider?
2: Uh, for, first and foremost, um, if they're already using some degree of like uh, antidepressant or uh, benzodiazepine, I think it's important to address because it's like, yes, they do have some degree of crossover effects, like some of these, um, you know, GABAergic, nootropics like magnolia bark or skullcap some of these do potentiate um the effects of uh like diazepam and things like that so you know there is a risk of too much sedation or some of the risks associated with um excessive GABA signaling and even um the serotonin side like if anyone's using an SSRI um or a Maui then just be really careful with your selection um having said that there are plenty of nootropics that can stack fine with ssris just just be super careful
1: is that something you would recommend people seek advice on or is there any like general guidelines you could give to people that are using ssris but are still looking for some form of enhancement
2: yeah i think um in general uh looking at the mechanism of action with some of the compounds so like let's say if there is some degree of uh a inhibition or um, increasing serotonin let's say um, st john's ward or um, even other compounds like rhodiola that's another one um, just just be really careful and dive deep into the research i do have like i'm planning on releasing a an ebook soon on just the beginner's guide to nootropics something simple uh, but i do have like a yeah a nootropics course for those that are really wanting to sort of geek out into that mm.
0: so who is your target audience for the course
2: um, at the moment, it's mostly been, uh, like 30 to 50 year old men executives that are like mostly based in the U S that like saw my podcast with Ben Greenfield and <laughs> they oh. sort of bought the course. But, um, really, I think that it's applicable to, I think, you, you know, even like PTs, there's been a few PTs go through it who want to find things that can help their clients, um, and yeah, like I, honestly, like it took me a lot. It's eight years of research and experimentation all in one course, and it's like the most comprehensive guide from A to Z, everything you need to know. Um, yeah, it's it's. I'm I'm really proud of it.
0: Awesome. How much time does it take someone to go through it?
2: Uh, it's a two and a half. It's not long. It's two and a half hours. They can um, access it sort of any time. But it's uh-huh. yeah, like there's 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 other resources within it, and also. If people want to, they have the ability to sort of ask questions. I get a lot of questions throughout the course, and I'm really responsive there because, like, I'm you know, I'm really, I'm really, I really, am proud about you know this space, and I just want to, just want to be the, at the top, you know, of with your <laughs> the,
0: megaphone. So you is got, it like, God of Brain? <laughs> is it video lessons that people watch, and then they can kind of pull on that string with the other resources?
2: Yeah, yeah, precisely. So, like, majority um, video content, and then um, a few resources and things that people can access. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a. That's like the most comprehensive course, I think. Uh, like on the internet, I haven't seen any sort of course that dives deep into specifically like nootropics and cosmetic neurology is the term that I use. Um, oh,
0: cosmetic neurology. a <laughs> good one. Yeah. All right.
2: Really playing
1: to the superficial.
0: Was it difficult for you to kind of uh, condense down all of the stuff you know into two and a half hours? Like I imagine that was a a tall ask.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, came back to like the big questions like what you guys asked. What are the biggest mistakes that people make? Um, Who uses them? How to use them? How to dose them? Just underpinning all of those core principles and then sort of distilling it into... into an easy format for people to understand and then, you know, dive deep and really like once they go through the course and understand uh, a little bit more about nootropics then they can sort of what I hope is that they, you know, they don't need me as much and that they've got a resource they can go back to and check in and and do it themselves sort of thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That would be a great outcome. Sounds like this would be a great course for pretty much anyone. Yeah. Because everyone wants to be at their best
2: and you feel want to be, and smiley, their... yeah.
0: <laughs> be more focused and creative.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That, What's that the course looking.
0: called if, for those who want to check it out?
2: It's um, becoming superhuman with nootropics. I've just okay. uh, it, w- it was previously like cosmetic neurology, but it's like that term. I think just is just like what what does Gets that?
0: people in? away. Yeah. So like,
2: how do I make my brain look pretty?
0: So people <laughs> just have to Google becoming superhuman with nootropics, and it will come up.
2: Yeah, it's on my, it's on my website. Um, it'll be on my website and um, I can send you guys the link to it. Um, yeah, you...
0: we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, cool.
1: Now, Love it. I am obviously involved with a lot of people that compete in use pharmacology and am a proponent for the safer use model. Is there a safer use model-esque type approach to tropics? Because like they're kind of in the same world and we have some research obviously and there's a lot of human research in, in pharmacology and PD use and there is obviously in certain compounds. But we're really reliant on the individual being a good, uh, you know, uh, experimenter of their own their own use. So, is there a safer use model approach to nootropics, and then like how would people go about that?
2: Yeah, I think there's one key principle that definitely overlaps, Dean, but with um, with nootropics and PEDs. It's that minimum effective dose. That's that that still translates with um, and across to nootropics. Like, um, and in terms of safer use it does come sort of so that dosage matters cycling also matters. So like um, the duration of usage and then also being smart about understanding the potential side effects because like most nootropics, they're going to have some degree of, um, you know, downfall or side effect. And, you know, one of which is maybe you're just too bloody focused and you're antisocial. Like I would call that a side effect, but if you're, if you're sort of smart about it, then you can offset it. You can um, um, sort of implement compounds that can improve GABA and so like make you a bit more social in a sense. So would there
1: be again like maybe like a handful of things that people regularly use that they shouldn't regularly use that you see? And then if so, is there compounds that they maybe could consider, you know, intimately putting in to try and reestablish a better baseline?
2: Yeah, actually something that's commonly overused is... um, ridiculously high doses of vitamin B six, like you'll see, and again, it sort of crosses over to the bodybuilding realm, like super high dose B six to suppress prolactin. But I'm I'm really careful with that approach because uh, B six toxicity it, it can occur very rapidly, like within uh, three weeks, even at dosages of let's say fifty milligrams of that uh, active form, P five P. So I guess being- that's the standardized dose in any sleep formula, right? Most of the time, then, then they're also having a B complex in the morning. Like, so then already they've hit that 100 milligram threshold and some of them have been on it for like months and they're wondering why they got all these symptoms associated with like neuropathy, tingling, numbness and stuff like that. Yeah. There you go. So cycling of something like that, high dose B6
1: or P5P if they're looking for it. I never remember the fucking name of that P5P.
0: Do you do consultations? Like if someone's like, oh, I'd love to do the course, but I don't have the time right now. I just want to talk to Lucas about what I could use. Do you offer once-off consultations?
2: Yeah, I do. Um, like for those that are really yeah committed, they want a more customized uh, protocol so that they don't have to think and I'm just sort of telling them what to do then. Yeah, I mean, I'm open to doing that. I'm trying to find a way to streamline that process and also I'm trying to build something where people can, it's sort of like a cross pollination between my input and then they can sort of build their own stacks.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so that's on the rise, but um, cool. yeah. But for those that are like, I don't want to know, just tell me what to do five. Like, just tell me when to have it, what dose to use. Like I, I can do that for people for sure. Make yeah. me limitless. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Make me superhuman.
2: My, my, I think this is my final question.
0: Yes, Dean.
1: How like is there is there issues with sourcing quality ingredients in this space as well, given that they're experimental?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, geez, there's so many companies out there that that sort of don't offer that uh, third party analysis, and it's difficult to you know really source high quality uh, nootropics in Australia. Like a lot of these compounds, um, one of my biggest aff- you know um, affiliate companies that I'm working with is science.bio. Bio. Um, I do, I do really like the quality of their products um, and they do, you know, t- uh, batch test pretty much all their ingredients. So it's, it is really important just like with, with gear, I like to, you know, sort of know the source. Oh. Yeah. Cause I imagine there'd be a lot of people trying to source it and they're just getting it from wherever they see it's available and
1: they're either getting nothing or something else. Yeah.
0: I want, are you familiar with Labdor?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Do
0: they, do they test any nootropics?
2: I think they do. Yeah, I think there's... Um, and there's even other companies similar to Labdor now um, that are also doing a similar analysis. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were pretty okay. good. I
1: imagine they would do <laughs> blended versions, but not singular ingredients. isolated. Yeah, not, not yeah. isolated compounds.
0: Yeah,
1: okay. Tell you what, I had to buy tea cream off science.bio the other day and they had no capsules and I bought the powder and fuck that stuff is terrible, eh? Uh, terrible in what way? Oh, the flavor is just... Like we're talking like 100 milligrams of powder mixed in with tyrosine, which is tangy. And it's just, it ruins my mouth. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Like, and the, this is the other thing I always found interesting is like back in the day when I used to work in supplements and they're like, yeah, there's 200 or 400 milligrams of tea cream in this pre-workout. I'm like, how? Like, <laughs> this, this tastes like a lolly. But now that I've had it raw again, I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's so yeah. bad. It's like It's like someone dried like a thousand lemon peels and then wiped your tongue with it. <laughs>
2: Yeah. It's pretty bad. Um, yeah, actually one thing with, um, with tea cream, they've actually recently, they've come out with like a 40% tea cream. So it's like buffered. So it's like, I've got the powder just dashed away in the pantry somewhere. Like I've got like a, I've got like 500 grams of tea cream in my um, pantry, but yeah, it's like 40%. So it's like, I had, I literally just had like a 200 milligrams and there was literally like no, t- no um, bitterness. Right. Pretty cool. That's pretty good.
0: Can I have my final question to yeah, you? Then? Sure. If you could only ever take three compounds ever for the rest of your life, which three would you
2: choose? Cool. Um, all right. So first of all, um, number one would be a, a fat soluble vitamin B1 source uh, called TTFD. I really like um, that's called Thymax. Um Number two would be artichoke extract. I really, I somehow just really respond really well to artichoke. It just seems to tick all the boxes for me.
0: Okay. Um,
2: and then number three would be maybe probably like a specific type of B12. i just, I really respond well to is um, adenosyl cobalamin. It's like a mitochondrial B12 type. And that seems to just seems to help a lot with um, a lot of the symptoms I'm sort of trying to help with and improve
0: have you thought about this
2: before top three yeah not i mean i've, I've been asked what's my favorite but not top three
0: because uh, you will you were just like it was I on it yeah. so
2: why why number one number two? <laughs> First. so number one with with the b1 um so ttfd that one there because it seems it just really helps with um any sort of time i'm either like we said sort of sleep deprived or um just need really good mental clarity and just completely wipe away brain fog. let's say I've eaten something shit the night the night before or let's say I've had um, a bit of a binge or whatever and I wake up with brain fog or I just feel inflamed. Um, TTFD it just it's it's so rapid acting and it's long lasting. it just completely nukes brain fog and you know improves my mental clarity and, and memory and, and even um, even sort of things like verbal fluency as well um number two was yeah artichoke um so artichoke extract for me that seems to not not that i have like liver dysfunction but um it seems to just really just help with again with the brain fog and mental clarity and then um puts me in a sort of a light-hearted mood like less serious i'm similar to you dean i'm pretty like i think it's the I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna claim that it's my high natty test that that makes me a very serious person. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> okay, <Natty> test. <laughs> it's my high my high contest rep test.
1: It's actually not. It's lower than it's been for like twelve months. Is it? Yeah.
2: Anyway, that's a story for another time. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, and then um the 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 B12 the adenosyl cobalamin that's um i have a rough idea on like what it does but i can just tell it's working like similar to like creatine and coq10 it's just just a mitochondrial enhancer Mm. which i like what about a common one that you would never use oh um there's one that i've heard quite a lot about but i've never had the courage to like touch it is um something called uh, tyoneptine okay um yeah, t- tyanepine. It's like an, It does tickle. It tickles the opioid receptors. So it had. If you want a bit of a, this is not medical advice, obviously, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Maybe we I should guess. have said that at start. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or consult your doctor. Mm-hmm. If you want that sort of um, mood uplift or something that's like opioid based but not truly opioid based, then tyanepine can. I've heard things. I've heard some good things about it it's always it's always a comforting um the statement that huh? uh, i heard so. it might be good
0: <laughs> so why the hesitation
2: um because recently so actually oh, which company was it some a company got shut down for actually selling it because people were actually abusing it, it it's an abusive compound it's it's almost like habit forming and it is addictive in a sense so it's kind it's of like
0: cigarettes and alcohol which is still legal <laughs> okay
2: yeah, <Anyways>. yeah. <laughs> i guess so i guess so um But, yeah, I don't know, like it's just something that you just got to be, yeah, I guess pretty careful with. Sounds like Kratom. Mm. Yeah. I was getting into that for a while.
0: Now, we have, um, I know I said it was my last question and it kind of was, but we have four questions for you that we pre-scripted that we're going to go through now to Mm. wrap this up. First one being, this podcast is teaching people how to be less shit. Now, if you had to give one tip to help people be less shit, obviously in the space of nootropics, which was the topic of today, what might that tip be?
2: Um, Tip number one would be to address uh, nutrient deficiencies and cofactors before delving into nootropics. That's like number one. Uh Um, Yeah.
0: Okay. I like it.
2: I I would say the easiest way to do that would
1: maybe get people to put their diet into like chronometer. Is that something you'd probably recommend? Yeah, exactly. Um, I use chronometer myself. Yeah.
0: Which is like my fitness pal, but it also tracks micronutrients. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah, And it'll tell you also which foods to get it from if you're deficient mm-hmm. based on general ideas. Hmm. Okay,
0: cool. Now, something worth sharing um, is we call it a segment, a question we ask all our guests. Do you have like a, a book or a saying or, I don't know, a compound? Anything? Life advice. Life advice. Uh, that you think would be helpful to share with the audience today.
2: Yeah, can it be a like a quote or a saying? Yeah, absolutely,
0: yeah.
2: anything. Um, so mine, mine actually coined. I think it was three years ago. It's it's my term that I coined. Um, it's if boosting a brain can make for a better functioning human being who provides a tangible benefit to human to humankind, then uh, nootropics can facilitate the progression of mankind. So it's sort of like explaining how you know nootropics can facilitate you know the progression of um, humanity oh
0: I like it I initially was going to write this down
1: and we'll grab that <laughs> but that off. was a long one we'll but that, so,
0: that was good that's
1: that can go provoking that can go above the link to the course
0: okay <laughs> is that like your tagline that you put on your course and whatnot or is it just like something that you feel passionate about
2: I do mention it. Actually, um, I'm doing a live Nootropics webinar tomorrow, like a free one for people that want to just learn more about it, and I'll, I'll, I'll sort of be explaining that um, yeah. tomorrow. But yeah, I've is that going it.
0: to be recorded?
2: It will be. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah.
0: because by the time we release this, tomorrow would have passed. Yeah. So where could people find this recording?
2: Um, they'll have to be they'll have to be on my um my newsletter list to okay. then. get get it sent out but we can link that in the um in the show notes
0: yeah 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 that sounds Mm -hmm. good um now the next question not Mm -hmm. so serious (laughs) i'm tossing up between two questions here what's the most useless talent that you have
2: useless uh it would have to be beatboxing
0: <laughs> can you beatbox? <laughs> it's really a, it's, Wait, it's that's not...
2: a risky thing to say on a podcast no i know i was just looking at my mic thinking it's it's not it's not filled with uh saliva but it's you know you're gonna you're probably gonna ask me to beatbox so. i'm going
0: to i would love for you to give us like a 15 second beatbox
2: jeez can we clap you
0: in no. lucas lucas <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think he wants to
2: i I can do it if you want. Like, yes, I, can... I would
0: love you to. Absolutely. It's... Right.
2: Yeah. Let me just get this closer here.
0: <laughs> I love where this went. <laughs> this is so great.
2: Um, all right. <clears throat> bush beep and benches push beep. So fucking bear to pipe satisfaction. Let's kill these mics.
0: The mic's not picking it up now.
1: Oh, really? Yeah.
0: It it was yeah. for a bit and then it just, just wasn't. It
1: doesn't, doesn't like the, the, the must ah. like hit a different pitch or something.
0: I, I mean. love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, my useless talent is I can lick my elbow, which I think is way less it's cool. not supposed than to be possible. <laughs> so, yours is so much cooler than mine. <laughs>
1: what, would, what would be mine? I don't think I have, I mean, I'm useless at a lot of things. But... <laughs>
0: You don't have a useless talent.
1: No, I can make a three-leaf clover out of my tongue.
0: Okay, go on. Show us. Hey. Wow.
1: Damn. There you go. You got that go. Mm. Mm.
0: <laughs> For those not watching on YouTube, well, really? Dean and I are trying. How do you do that? don't know. Crazy. One
1: talent. day I just looked in the mirror and went, oh, I can do that now. That's
0: cool. Um, okay. <clears throat> Our final question is a would-you-rather question, which we also ask every guest. And when I'm in charge of would-you-rather questions, they're usually filthy and awkward. Mm. This one is no different. It goes like this. Would-you-rather have to, every time you buy something from a shop and the shop person's like, thanks, here's your receipt, you have to say, thank you, I love you. Or <laughs> would-you-rather, if the shop person was like, hey, can I help you with anything, you have to say, yes, I'm looking for
2: a dildo. Definitely the first one. Yes, oh, I'm- really? <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Cause she's usually a hot, hot checkout chick anyway. So <laughs> what
0: if it's a dude? or like, and not a hot check. You just give
2: him the, the eyebrow if lift.
0: Thanks, if, it's, I love him,
2: mate. if it's a dude, I'll just say, I'll, I was talking to the chick behind you. It's like, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Thank you. I love it. Well, <clears throat> the reason that I'm choosing the other one is just like thinking about probabilities here. I get handed a receipt or I buy things so much more frequently than people ask me if I need help so True. even though the dildo one is more awkward
1: you can put headphones on a hat on and just never ever be spoken to <laughs> I'd just go down that route I'd go down the don't talk to me route. I'd just be fully <laughs> dopaminergic the whole time
0: <laughs> could you what, what would you say if someone said thank you I love you too if they trist. said that to me yeah
2: it'd be it'd be a I'd, I'd know it's like a, a bit of a it's a, a joke yeah,
1: I yeah. like, "Oh, okay,
0: thanks." Man. It would throw me off so hard. I I feel like uh, I'm a pretty social person and I can think on my feet, but I think that one would throw me. So it's I'd be biggest, like,
2: oh. "It's the biggest like pattern interrupt." So like, <laughs> if you if you throw that at someone, you could pretty. I'm sure you can then uh, try and hypnotize them because you know how hey, um, have you seen that where people just like um, it's part of hypnosis is like the pattern interrupt, and then they say a term, and then they've, they've actually got them like subconsciously. Yeah, right. No,
0: we spoke about hypnosis briefly with John Templeton. Templeton. Tell- Templeton. Oh, I don't know. Tell me more about that. That's interesting.
2: It's like um, it's like when you go to shake someone's hand, you're used to them putting their hand out, but instead you you grab their sort of hand and you put it in front of their face and then you say a term and you've caught them in that in that, in, in that automatic yeah. So you just you've caught them off guard, you say a term and then you've somehow got them in a in a trance or something, and then you can, yeah. Mm. I, don't, I don't know anything like about short circuit them. Yeah,
0: <laughs> what what would that the would short circuit the that fuck
2: be? out of me? You imagine if someone went to grab your hand
1: and they just threw it in front of your face and like, you know, what the fuck? <laughs> you go, um, what? Huh? Yeah. I suppose it would probably you'd not require some form of follow up conversation to it to continue that process.
0: But why would someone want to do that? What would be the outcome?
1: Well, domination.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's mm, from maybe from like a marketing perspective. I don't know. Get them
0: to remember a term or something like that.
2: Yeah, if you're trying to sell them something.
0: Mm. Interesting.
1: The, now you're going to be looking at those laser skirmish motherfuckers in the middle of shops. Do you want to buy skirmish for cheap? And then they shake my hand. And, whoop, like, uh, <laughs> before you know it, you've bought rounds of them, rounds.
0: Um, now, there were all our questions. I thought we would finish with... I think we mentioned your course name and your Instagram handle, but just to remind everyone where they can find you, if they wanted to learn more about you or the information you give.
2: Yeah. What's your Uh,
0: website and whatnot.
2: The best resource is um, boost your biology on YouTube. I'm just pumping out content. there, posting every three days. I've got like 30 videos in the pipeline. Um, Check out the YouTube channel. I'm going all in uh, with YouTube. Um, The Instagram's. There in the background. So it's um, so Ergogenic underscore health. Um, so people can check that out. And then my website, I've got a, I've got heaps of products um, listed on my site um, just all around the globe, like biohacking products. Um, so that's Ergogenic uh, dot health.
0: Awesome. Mm. That's great.
2: That's cool. You have sources to people like
1: Science.Bio on that on there as well, which I recommend people to use because at least you know you're getting it from somewhere you can trust.
0: Yeah. And check the links in bio to the things that we mentioned, which I think was like your course. What else was there? Oh, the the recording of your... Oh, a, a, a link to your newsletter so they can get the recording mm-hmm. and whatnot. Sure. Yeah. yeah, we'll check all that cool. out. All right. Well, thanks very much for hopping on today and having a really interesting discussion with us and sharing your brain.
1: Yes, thanks for coming on, mate. And if anyone uh, did enjoy this, we would appreciate a share, a like,
0: mm-hmm. a
1: five-star review, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't do that stuff typically too well, Lucas, so we uh, make sure we put it at the end.
2: Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's it. Well,
2: thanks for having me, guys. It's um, It's been fun. been fun chatting. She's Talking like, about
0: threesomes and dildos and
2: <laughs> polyamory and nootropics. Who would have thought? <laughs> Imagine the experience you could have on
1: the right nootropics.
0: <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone.